You're listening to Chats by Rotaract Australia, where we bring Rotaractors together to inspire, educate and collaborate. Hello and welcome to the next episode of the Chats by Rotaract Australia podcast. My name is Laura Telford. I am your host and today I am absolutely thrilled about who I am chatting to. He needs no introduction whatsoever, but as a charter member of the Rotary Club of Sandringham, all the way back in 1978, he is an accountant by trade, and in the 2017-2018 Rotary International Year, he was the international president. I am so delighted, so please make welcome Ian Risley. Welcome, Ian. G'day, Laura. If you're really excited, you've got to get out more, can I tell you? (laughs) But it's wonderful to be with you. I've got four weeks of lockdown under my belt, so the fact that I get to talk to another human, I'm very excited about. (laughs) That's that's lowering the bar quite a bit, but that's fine. Yep, I'm with you. These these lockdowns do get a bit bit onerous, don't they? One way to keep us safe, and, and that's what it's all about, I guess, at this point. Well, thank you so much for joining us. We have had a really successful season one of the podcast and season two is right here now. So why don't we kick off and why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about yourself personally and professionally outside of Rotaract and Rotary? (laughs) Yeah, I am 74, so I would be the oldest Rotaractor going around, (laughs) I think. That's fine. Professionally, I'm an accountant. I have been in business since 1975 under the very creative name of Ian Risley and Co is the firm name, and my brother operates it. Without him, I certainly wouldn't have been able to take on various rotary roles, etc. And I I go up when we're able to travel outside five kilometres, Laura. When we're able to do that, I go up there and talk to a few folks and sit in the corner and do rotary stuff. But uh, and he runs the business. Excellent. And so casting your mind back a wee bit, how did you first get involved in Rotary? I would love to say it's a wee bit, but thank you. Uh, My first involvement was as a guest speaker at a Rotary Club, in fact, the Rotary Club of Cheltenham here in uh, suburban Melbourne. And uh, they asked me, a, a friend of mine asked me to come along and talk about what's new in income tax. And I thought, wow, they they are desperate for guest speakers, these people, but went along and spoke and they stayed awake most of the time. And uh, I actually enjoyed myself. They seemed to be nice people. Then I had a call about three weeks later from a fellow who said he was the, the district governor's special representative on the chartering of a proposed new Rotary Club in Sandringham. And I thought, that's quite a title. And uh, so he invited me along to their their uh, inaugural meeting or interest meeting, and I didn't go. I was I found another reason. But fortunately, he rang and said, we missed you, you want to come to the next one? And I did, uh, and I went along, and it was absolutely all the movers and shakers of, of uh, the Sandringham area and me. And I thought, isn't that great to be involved with such people? It could be good for business, blah, blah, blah. So uh, I went along, and it just took off from there. And so you then became a charter member of the Rotary Club of Sandringham? Exactly right, yes. And I was the, the third president. I was the youngest person by almost uh, uh, almost 10 years. 
And sadly, about 10 years later, I was still the youngest person by about 10 years. Fortunately, we've, we at the Rotary Club of Sandringham, where I'm still a member, we've done a much better job of renewing ourselves since those days. But yes, uh, that's correct. And it is one of those moments in life where you think to yourself, I now reflect, and if you ever get, uh, Laura, to my advanced years, you may have the same uh, circumstance yourself. You, you think about what would have happened if, and what if I hadn't gone along to that, that first or that second interest meeting? My life would have been totally different. And I, after being president, uh, my wife and I hosted a lot of youth exchange students. So I was um, asked to, to go onto the youth exchange committee. I thought it was because I'd done a, in fact, they told me I'd done a startling job as being counsellor for an exchange student. In fact, I later discovered that they were desperate for community members. But again, that's another story. And uh, after which uh, I uh, applied for the, the role as a group study exchange team leader. The group study exchange was a program of the Rotary Foundation, no longer is. Uh, and it was an outstanding and wonderful program where teams of four or five plus a Rotarian leader, young people, um, aged usually in their 30s, would go to another part of the world. I applied for the, the team leader job to Germany and lost. And so having uh, ground my teeth and kicked the cat, which fortunately was metaphoric, we didn't have a cat, um, <laughs> I sort of lost interest. No, I didn't lose interest, but I sort of forgot about it until the following year. And the following year, they announced that the team would be going to Boston, Massachusetts. And I thought, wow, what a spot. Um, I asked Juliet, and in fact, Juliet and my daughter, Jill, and they said, yes, you should apply. And they actually designed my, my application for me. Daughter's very stylish, so she pulled photographs from everywhere and all that sort of stuff. Anyway, I got the gig, and that was just terrific just terrific. And um, then I became district governor and after the district governor, uh, director of Rotary International, then I was on the finance committee, then I was a trustee of the Rotary Foundation and then, uh, lo and behold, president of Rotary International. So you got the, it takes a while. Top gig. <laughs> top gig. <laughs> so for lots of Rotaractors, the role of a Rotary International President is quite off in the off in the distance. You know, that's a, a job that happens in the US. Are you able to explain a little bit about the core responsibilities of a Rotary International President? Sure. The Rotary, and you're right about the US, the headquarters of Rotary International is in Evanston, which is a, a suburb, a northern uh, lakeside suburb of Chicago. And uh, there's an 18-storey building there and the president has an office on the 18th floor. So, yes, you're in the clouds. The president's the chairman of the board, really. And also, I think it's fair to say, is, um, is leader of the, the, of the cheer squad to an extent. And the president sort of influences things by initiating policy changes uh, as chairman of the board. Let me give you an example. Barry Rasson, who was my successor as president from the Bahamas, he instituted, promoted, and with the power of his personality, pushed through the change for Rotaract at the 2019 Council on Legislation. And his successor, Mark Maloney, invited Rotaractors to attend the 2019 International Assembly. As a Rotary International President, you talk about policy and you can, you can influence it from a, a higher level, but how does that then trickle down and affect an average member? 
the only way you can be a Rotarian currently, and that may change, you know, I believe it will change, but the only way you can be a Rotarian is to be a member of the 35,000 and whatever clubs. So the Council on Legislation actually makes changes, but the Rotary International President and the board influence policy by making changes and encouraging things into the Council on Legislation and also various changes to the code of policies and all that sort of stuff. So uh, really, it's, it's, it's driven from the bottom up by the clubs and districts. Clearly, the president and the, and the board have uh, significant influence. Absolutely. So you were the Rotary International President for the 2017 and 2018 year. And the theme that year a was... A wonderful making- year, Laura. Thank you for mentioning. Yes, <laughs> Look, that was the year I became a Rotaractor. So it was a very good year. See, it worked. I told you it would work. <laughs> so your theme was making a difference and you had a real impact and focus on the environment, which is now one of the, the seven areas of focus. What was that like being able to lead such an important change and one that is very close to Rotaractor's hearts? Yeah, there's two ways you can approach the the presidential role. You can decide that everything's fine and and it is always fine, but you're happy with, with the way things are, or you can seek to make the occasional modest change. And I was keen to promote the environment. I'm a a lifelong environmentalist uh, and I I was a bit disappointed that, that Rotary hadn't done more on the environment over a period of time. They'd done lots, but I, I think it's such an important aspect of life these days. The concept of having it as a, a specific area of focus was, was important to me. And when you get to take on a role, if one was to say, why did I seek to become president or why did I seek to become a director? It's because you think you can make a difference. You think you can do the job well. And uh, th- that isn't an ego thing because, it, well, probably it is. But uh, it's not a, a matter of saying, look at me, look at me, but rather you're in a position to provide some influence. And, yes, I'm, I'm an environmentalist. Uh, I don't resolve from that. <laughs> it's interesting. Um, people call people like me a, a greenie as a, a pejorative. <laughs> I embrace the title. That's me. I, I'm, I agree with that entirely. So when you were international president, you were exposed to projects across the world from clubs supporting clubs in in other parts of the world to clubs doing things right in their own backyard. What were some of those goosebump moments that you got to witness? In Guatemala, there's a, a project that's been extremely successful, supported and sponsored by Rotarians, mostly in the US, to provide to villagers smoke-free stoves. The, the standard cooking method in, in outback Guatemala is, uh, is a, an open fire, a series of stones are fire in the middle, inside in their, in their hut or whatever, with a pot on it, and uh, smoke comes up, and it really does uh, badly influence both the environment and the health of the people that live there. And they are introducing smoke-free stoves, which are a very efficient design, which, A, limits the amount of, of wood that is required to burn, uh, almost entirely eliminates smoke, is much better for all concerned. And uh, Juliet and I were in Guatemala and uh, I, I'm a vegetarian and uh, they provided me with a, a taco, a vegetarian taco cooked on uh, on one of these stoves. And it was, it was delicious, 
but there was not a, a, a whiff of smoke. And I thought, wow, that's a program. And they have introduced literally thousands of these stoves right throughout Central America. That was a one of those wow moments. Tell you another one, Rotoract. You've heard of Rotoract, I think, uh, Laura. Do I need to tell you I, about I think Rotoract? So. No, I don't. Maybe. <laughs> yeah, you, possibly possibly the, the folks tuning in will also have done so. Um, <laughs> went to the German Rotoract Convention. They have all of Germany every year. Wow, are those high-powered young people. It was really, really impressive. And, and uh, I got to, to speak and to, and to listen to all of them. And it, when they introduce some of their committee-type folks, they have a theme. They, they play some music that reflects their either background or, or vocation or something. And one of the guys came on and they played. Uh, the music was the theme from the TV show Suits if you know the TV show Suits, has been best known because Prince Harry's wife used to be in it. And so I, I said to them, why is it that they're playing <laughs> the theme from Suits? And they said, well, that was the nearest thing we can get because what's his name is a judge. And I thought, they have judges in Rotary. <laughs> I mean, how impressive is this? And I got a whole new feeling of how important Rotary can be. I'm not saying it isn't important in Australia. There aren't a lot of judges in Rotaract in Australia. But to gaze out at the dinner over uh, almost a 1,000 young people dressed up to the nines, and it was enormously influential, that was an eye-opener as well. Well, I think that's a challenge to get more Rotaractors into the, yep. the judge profession, really. <laughs> exactly right. It's, it's difficult to imagine someone aged in their early 30s as a as the judge in Australia, but work on it, Laura. It's a good idea. I'll, I'll talk to my people and, and we'll, we'll get that sorted. Yep. <laughs> and on the, the topic of Rotaract, what do you see as Rotaract's place in the Rotary family? A really important part. And, and of course, the change to which I referred earlier, where Barry Rasson in particular pushed and introduced and spoke to and championed the introduction of Rotaract as a full partner in Rotary, not just a program, it is now definitely part of the family and Rotaractors can do just about anything that Rotarians can do in terms of being involved in projects and all that kind of stuff. And I think that's really important. Um, and the the old view about uh, Elevate Rotaract, I used to get really, really annoyed. <laughs> well, you know, I'm, a, I'm not the sort of person who gets really annoyed, but I used to think to myself, People described Rotaract as being the future of Rotary. I used to fire straight back and say, "No, it's a really important part of the of the presence of Rotary. It's right now, as well as into the future." And uh, I think now that we're in a position where Rotaractors can take part in and just about everything, they can also do projects within Rotary. They can get projects funding from the Rotary Foundation, all of that kind of thing. It does elevate Rotaract enormously. As a Rotaractor who had the privilege of attending the International Assembly earlier this year, it was fantastic to see that so many incoming district governors are so pro-Rotaract and see the benefits and the value of um, empowering young people to be a part of the family as well. Yeah, I agree with that entirely. The, the challenge, of course, is for Rotaract not to succumb to the temptation that, that uh, Rotary clubs and districts will put forward just to use Rotaractors as their uh, modern technology source. 
<laughs> because we're all saying, where's, where's the on-off button? And the Rotor Actors automatically are supposed to be absolute superstars at technology, which most of them are. But it's much more than that. And the true partnership has to be that, that uh, Rotor Act and Rotor Actors can provide way, way, way more than just uh, modernity and thinking, much more than that. Definitely. It goes both ways, by the way. That uh, I think Rotaract can learn, or Rotaractors can learn a lot from from Rotarians in terms of uh, just operating clubs and all of that kind of thing. Some of them have been around a long time. They can be mentors, which are really, really useful things as well. Absolutely, and I think it's the open mindedness of Rotarians and Rotaractors coming together to form those really powerful connections and collaborations. Because if we're both focusing on supporting and serving our community, then we can do so much more together than we ever could alone. Absolutely right. We're all in this together. I have some questions around your time in Rotary and reflecting on some of the roles that you have had, not necessarily at an international level, but across your club and district level as well. And so what are some of the benefits on taking on a leadership role at any level? Well. As I said before, one of the, the reasons why people, and that includes Rotor Actors, should be keen to take on a role is the way in which it develops you personally. Uh, you don't take on something if, if you think, oh, I'm going to be absolutely lousy at that. Uh, it's not my bag. I, I don't have the creative flair or whatever it is. If that's genuinely true, then find another role. That's fine. But the reason you take on something is because it enhances your the experience of it enhances your your overall capacity. And I think that's sort of really important for people, for all people. But as well as that, if you, if you can do the job, what you're doing is helping the overall organisation. So everybody wins. You get better at whatever it is and the organisation benefits from your input. So why would people not want to take on something? In Rotaract, we're very much about empowering people to, you know, explore a different skill or think about exploring something else. Rotaract is a, such a fantastic way to be able to do that. Um, I agree with that, Laura, and and I think that if all Rotaractors take the, the point of view that, that it is a genuine partnership and if you're prepared to take on a role, whatever it is, uh, you will benefit over a period of time Significantly, that's one of the reasons why people join Rotary. I think it sort of distills down to four. There's the, the friendship, there's the chance to make a difference in the world, etc. But in particular, it can benefit you professionally because you meet people who might want to call you or take your service or whatever it is. But also it benefits you personally by giving you practice in a, in a friendly environment at uh, running a meeting and influencing people and all that kind of thing. You you personally benefit, uh, and I think that's terrific. Absolutely. Now, as a leader, there is always unexpected challenges that come up. How do you deal with challenges and difficulties, and how do you overcome those tougher moments? Oh, what a question. Yes, there are challenges. There are always challenges in life. There's challenges in whatever you do. My basic philosophy is that unless someone is consciously trying to make my life difficult, uh, I go along and try and uh, try and do the best of, of the, the overall situation. If people do actually get on the wrong side of me by, by, by consciously trying to, uh, you know, pour uh, 
pour banana skins around, and I do I do have the capacity to get annoyed. But you really have to look beyond individuals, and you have to say, what is our overall objective here? What are we trying to achieve? If we if we believe in the overall objective, then let's work towards that. There are challenges always. Um, gosh, yeah, most of which I, I can't really talk about in a rotary environment because it, it happens in the board of directors or it happens somewhere like that. No, I can't give you details. But you just have to either have the, the power of your personality to say that, that isn't right and you really have to have the, the courage of your convictions to say that's not on. What you're saying or doing is not the rotary way or the rhetoric way and therefore we shouldn't do that or you shouldn't do that and I think that's really important and it used to be a bit of a gender issue once upon a time it used to be that uh, you know, women didn't have this particular uh, attitude all those days are dead buried cremated whatever those days are well gone and so uh, women like yourself I'm totally sure are uh, able to be upfront and say that's not the rhetoric way we need to do it differently and don't you all agree with me folks and they all will <laughs> and look I think that as a young leader coming into a, a challenging environment rotor actors can sometimes be unsure on the right steps forward so have you used mentors in the past and what would you encourage rotor actors to think about getting a mentor absolutely I joined when I, uh, rotary when I was 31 I'd like to say that I knew all about everything when I was 31, but the four-way test would prevent me from saying that. There was the charter secretary of the Rotary Club of Sandringham. Uh, his name was Alex Murray. He would have been, uh, gosh, he'd have been in his late 60s when I joined at 31. And just by observing him in action, uh, he was also an accountant, so it probably explains why he was calm. But to uh, observe Alex in action was a wonderful thing. He, he very calmly and very professionally ran things, as I tried to do. Yes, I, I can point towards Bill Boyd, past RI president of, of uh, Rotary International from New Zealand. He was director of Rotary when I was district governor in 1999-2000, and we've got along famously ever since. He became president when I became a director of RI, so I was on the board with Bill. He is the best operator, in inverted commas, and the best uh, off-the-cuff off the speech giver that I've ever ever seen. He's able to tell stories and to, and to gravitate people and to bring them along with him. Uh, there's so many people like that. And that's another reason, of course, why Rotary Act and Rotary should work so closely together, because it, it involves or it opens all of us up to different personalities and we all learn. But mentors are really important, I agree with you. Excellent. Now, before we finish up today, I would love to seek your advice. What is one piece of advice for Rotaractors for the year ahead and also for Rotarians for the year ahead? One piece of advice, and I would encourage Rotaractors to eventually seek to become actual members of a Rotary Club rather than just a partner. Uh, our conversion rate, if you like, from Rotaract to Rotarian is nowhere near good enough in Australia. It's not as good as in some other places, but even in some other places it's not good enough because uh, a Rotaractor who's been there for a period of time understands the Rotary way and should, I think, want to be 
a part of a Rotary Club. So therefore, Rotaractors need to understand that not all Rotary Clubs are the same. It's fair to say that the, the Rotary, Rotary Club that sponsors your Rotary Club might not be um, the sort of one you'd like to join. It could be full of really old fuddy-duddies and that's possible or they, it might be a group that don't particularly want to do projects and that's possible too. Uh, feel free to look further afield. If you're, uh, for whatever reason, you don't feel comfortable interacting with a, a particular Rotary Club, look beyond. From our conversation today, it's really clear that with open-minded Rotarians and really passionate open-minded Rotaractors, the future is bright. Um, and despite lockdowns and COVID and restrictions all over the world, we are making a difference in some really incredible ways. Making a difference. What a wonderful Rotary theme that could be. Yes. <laughs> the genius who thought of that one, right? <laughs> yeah, must be right. Thank you so much, Ian, for being a part of the Chats by Rotaract Australia podcast today. Rotaractors across Australia and the world are so thrilled that we have a passionate ally with you and in you. And as you continue to spread good news and um, advocate for Rotaract, we hope that, you know, you think of us and we will be championing right there next to you. So thank you so much and tune in, guys, to the next episode of the Chats by Rotaract Australia podcast. And remember to follow us on the Rotaract Australia socials. See you soon and bye, Ian. Thanks, Laura. Cheers. Bye, Rotaract. Don't forget to subscribe to Chats by Rotaract Australia on your favourite podcasting channel and like, share and comment on the RA socials.